there are just a few of them. It said, at the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Next. And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them. Next. And said, verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Next. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child. That means a child was standing in front of him and he was using the child as an example. The same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Next. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. I mean, these scriptures I'm reading, they emphasize how important children are to God. And when I come to the angel part, I'll, I'll show you something. Next. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a milestone were hung about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Next. Woe unto the world because of offenses. For it must needs be offenses come, but woe to the man by whom the offense cometh. Next. Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cut them from thee it is better for thee to enter into into life halt or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire next and if thine eye offend thee pluck it out and cast it from thee it is better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hellfire next Huh, he said, and then take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones. He's talking about children here. One of these little ones. For I say unto you that in heaven they are angels. Somebody say they are angels. Their angels do always behold the face of thy father which is in heaven. So this scripture tells us, he was talking about little children. So what Jesus Christ is saying effectively is that little children have special angels assigned to them. Hallelujah. And he was warning them against maltreating children. So anybody who maltreats a child, anybody who molests a child, anybody who engages in incest, anybody who physically abuses a child, you are touching the apple of God's eye. Hallelujah. And when I get into the nature of angels, I will show you how powerful these angels are. And you don't want to get onto their wrong side. I'll show you the things they are capable of doing. And Jesus is saying that these little ones, they actually have angels in heaven who are in the presence of God, who are watching over them. Sometimes children play and how they don't get hurt, some of the things they can do, and how they don't get hurt is a mystery. It's a mystery. Sometimes some child will fall, some fall in be that you expect that this one, they, there must be fractures. You have to go to accident center. They'll cry three minutes. The next time, they are playing again. And we don't understand. Amen. It's angels that are looking after them. Hallelujah. And the good thing is that the angels of the Lord, they are not just looking after the little children. They are looking after us too. Amen. Sometimes things happen in your life and you don't understand. That time that you were crossing the road, that the car stopped just in front of your knees. You may think oh, it was just a coincidence. There was an angel somewhere who put his finger on the car and caused the car to break. Amen. 
Because as for the destroyer, he's there looking at, he's looking for us day and night. So we need the ministration of these angels to counter the works of the enemy. And as I was telling you some time ago, Satan managed to deceive only one third of the angels in heaven. That means for every one bad angel, there are two good ones. That's why the Bible says those that are for us are more than them that are against us. Amen. So from today, you should walk around knowing that God has watches over you. You see, when you have staff and you don't know that you have staff, members of staff, you can't put them to work. That is why teachings like this are important. For you to open your eyes to what God has put to our disposal. Alright? So this is Jesus clearly talking about angels. Paul also spoke about angels in certain circles. But because there's no time, I can you can write it down and later go and look at the 2 Corinthians 1, 7 and then Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. Now, let me ask a question. How many of you know... The number of angels that were named in the Bible, actually given names. That's what Michael and Gabriel, you must know. It's fundamental to Christianity. <laughs> you don't know Angel Michael, you don't know Angel Gabriel, there's something wrong. How many of you know the number? You can just guess. I mean, how many angels were actually named, given names? The Bible always talks about angels, but not all of them were named. How many angels were named in the Bible? Any attempt? Anybody to attempt? Anybody to attempt? Oh, this one we are not giving marks. Oh, it's not an I. <laughs> Just attempt. Anybody? Anybody? Michael, you want to attempt? Angel Michael. Pardon? Three. Who are the three? Michael. Hey, I knew you named that one first. Yes. Gabriel. Uh-huh. And Lucifer. He says three. Does anybody have an alternate view? Or you agree that it's three? How many of you agree it's three? How many of you agree that it's three? You don't want to agree, you don't want to disagree. The Bible says your yes must be yes and your no <laughs> must be no. How many of you agree that it's three? Yes, and Ni agrees. He's the only one who agrees that <laughs> it's three. How many of you agree that it's three? Or is there any other number? Oh, I can hear whisperings, but yeah. two. Okay, what are, which are the two? Alpha and Omega. <laughs> Gabriel and Michael. You don't think Lucifer is one of them? But Lucifer is an angel. He was an angel. Uh, we didn't say angel, Satan. This one is Lucifer. <laughs> I wonder why people name Michael, they name Gabriel. Nobody has named their child Lucifer. <laughs> Yes. Anybody, anybody, anybody. All right. So actually the answer is four. Yeah. The answer is four. Four angels were named. Michael was named in these scriptures. So write them down. Daniel chapter 10 verse 13. That's when Michael was named. Daniel was named again in Daniel chapter 12 verse 1. And then Jude 9. Or you can say Jude 1 9. Because Jude has only one chapter. And then Revelation 12 7. Those were the times in the Bible that Michael was named. Gabriel, Daniel 8.16, Daniel 5.21, Luke 1.19 and 26. 
for this for this particular topic, the scriptures are many. So a lot of them, I'll just write. I'll just mention them, and you go back and read for yourself. Lucifer was named twice. Isaiah 14, 12 to 14. And then Ezekiel chapter 28 from verse 11 to 17. But then there is a fourth angel that was named. You see, if those who believe in the Apocrypha and stuff like that, there are other angels that have been named. But we are dealing with Genesis to Revelation. Okay? In Apocrypha, there are other ones. Even there's an angel called Raphael and stuff like that. But for us, we deal with Genesis to Revelation. In Revelation chapter 9, verse 11, there is an angel there named Abaddon. Abaddon. Another name for Abaddon is Apollyon. 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 Let's read Revelation chapter 9, verse 11. Revelation chapter 9, verse 11. It said, And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue had his name Apollyon. All right? I don't want to go deep into who um, Abaddon is and what he does and all of that. But, I mean, he's not one of the, the, the correct angels, okay? <laughs> he's not one of the correct ones. He's, he's on the other side. But maybe at another date, we'll talk more about Abaddon. But I just want you to know that it's not two that were named. It's not three that were named. It was actually four angels that were named. Now, what is the nature of angels? It's important for us to understand the nature of angels, all right? The attributes of angels. The first thing about the nature of angels that we have to understand is that they are creatures, all right? They are creatures. When you say something is a creature, it means it was created, okay? And for that reason, angels are not worthy of worship. Angels are not supposed to be worshipped. There are some sects in, sects in Christianity that actually believe in angel worship. But that is wrong because angels are creatures. The word God means the self-existing one. God was not created by anybody. He came by himself. All right? So he is worthy of worship. Angels are not supposed to be worshipped. They are creatures. Colossians 1.16 is evidence of that when it talks about the fact that by him all things were made and blah blah I mentioned principalities powers and all of those things later when we talk about other aspects of this topic you understand that all of those were referring to angels and then if you read Colossians chapter 2 verse 18 this whole subject of the worship of angels is addressed by Paul Colossians chapter 2 18 let's see Colossians chapter 2 18 he said let no man beguile you of your reward in a voluntary humility and worshiping of angels. Let, let's let's go to the NIV and see if it will be clearer. Paul likes complicated language. He said, "Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you for the prize." Such a person goes into great detail about what he has seen and has unspiritual mind puffs him up with idle motions. So he's talking about the worship of angels. In actual fact, during those times, as early as those days in the history of the church, the problem of the worship of angels was there. All right? People, you know, in, 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 in the Gentile nations, because they had come out of 
a history of idol worship. They always wanted something physical, something material that they could worship. So it was very easy for some of these things to come in. But later I'll show you in scripture that angels are not supposed to be worshipped. There were times when people bowed down in front of angels and the angel told in John, in, in Revelation for example, a certain angel appeared to John and John bowed down to worship him and the angel said, get up, I'm not supposed to be worshipped, I'm, I'm not God. Let's read Revelation 9, Revelation 9. Sorry, 19. Revelation 19, verse 10. Revelation 19, 10. Revelation 19, 10. He said, and I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, see thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. So this particular encounter, it wasn't Jesus directly. It was an angel that John encountered. All right. He said, worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Okay, so clearly an angel is telling a human being, I don't deserve worship. You mustn't worship me. Okay, so if you go anywhere and they talk about worshiping angels and stuff like that, it's not right. Let's look at Exodus chapter 20, verse 4. Exodus 24. Exodus chapter 20, verse 4. This is a very important part of the Ten Commandments. It said, Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything. Say anything. That is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. So if we are going to, to take this commandment literally, it's saying you shouldn't make any image or any likeness of anything in heaven above or in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the, underneath the earth. Next verse. Next verse. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation unto them that hate me. Now, if you go back to the verse 4, he was stating the things that we shouldn't make images of and bow down to them. And he said things that are in heaven. Alright? So even personalities that we believe are in heaven, including Jesus himself. We are not supposed to make an image of Jesus Christ and bow. This one is not me saying it. I'm reading directly from the word of God. Amen. Before I start offending some people's senses and sensibilities, all right? Anything in heaven above. So, even if it's a human being that you believe is in heaven, you are not supposed to make an image of that person. You are not supposed to bow down to that person if we are taking this commandment. And we all know angels are in heaven. 
So they are part of this group that we are talking about. We are not supposed to make images of them. We are not supposed to bow down to them. This one, it is Bible, straight, all right? So angels are creatures. That's the first thing about their nature. They are creatures and they don't qualify to be worshipped. The second thing is that they are spirits, all right? Angels are spirits. Even though I'll show you that they have the ability to take human form. Angels are spirits. Let's read Hebrews chapter 1 from verse 13 to 14. Hebrews 1, 13 to 14. They are spirits. He said, but to which of the angels said he at any time, sit on my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Next. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Now, they are ministering spirits and their purpose is that they are sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. Who are the heirs of salvation? It's you and I. Alright? So, angels are supposed to minister to us. They are supposed to be at our disposal. Hallelujah. In spite of the fact that when it comes to ability, the ability to do things, angels are far above human beings. The psalmist said he has made man a little lower than angels. He was referring to ability, alright? But when it comes to the realm of the spirit, it is not only ability that matters. There's a difference between ability or power and authority. And in the realm of the spirit, authority rules over power. Hallelujah. So, they may have the ability. That is why Satan has more abilities than you. The things Satan can do, you can't do. I keep telling people that if you want to go to America, you have to fast and pray and trust God that when you go for the visa interview, they don't bounce you. Satan can be here this second and the next second is in America. He doesn't need Donald Trump's permission to enter America. So in terms of ability, they have it more than us. All right? But even with Satan, when it comes to authority, we have authority over him. In spite of the fact that the things he can do, we can't do, we have authority over Satan. Hallelujah. All right. So, with all their strengths and all their abilities, they are sent forth to minister. Ministering means to serve. All right. So, angels actually have actually been made to serve the heirs of salvation. That is you and I. Hallelujah. Isn't that a, a comforting and a very powerful thing to know? That in spite of all the things that they can do, they have been sent to serve you. Let's read Psalm 104 verse 4. Psalm 104 verse 4. Psalm 104 verse 4. So all of these are just to establish a certain basis. Psalm 104 verse 4. He said, He maketh his angels spirits, his ministers as a flaming fire. Further evidence that angels are spirits angels are spirits and because they are spirits they are immortal they are immortal all right that is why you can't kill an angel you can't kill a demon if you go for any prayer meeting they say we are killing the demons in your family whoever is leading the prayer meeting doesn't know what he's talking about they are spirits and they can't die The best you can do to them is to bind them. 
okay you can't kill them you can't exterminate them you can't prevent them from continuing to exist but we have been given authority the bible says whatever you shall bind on earth is bound in heaven so the authority has been given to us to bind them so that's why there are certain angels that are bound in hell right now so when it comes to the fallen angels and we'll talk about that on a later date there are some that are free around moving and there are some too that for certain specific reasons have been bound let's read revelation chapter 9 verse 13 to 15 revelation 9 13 to 15 it's a saying to the sixth angel sorry and the sixth angel sounded and i heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar which is before god next saying to the sixth angel which had the trumpet lose the four angels which are bound in the great river euphrates next and the four angels were loosed which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year for to slay the third part of men i don't want to go into the details of what the last part meant what i want to focus on on this scripture is the fact that angels can be bound angels can be bound and these ones we are talking about were bad angels all right that is why we can bind demons okay so angels don't die so don't pray and kill the demons in your family they will know that you are wasting your prayers they'll be sitting there laughing at you you don't know what you are talking about you can bind them you can resist them but you can't kill them because they are spirits and that makes them immortal all right so the fact that they are spirits makes them able to do things that normal human beings will not be able to do so just like you see in the african movies with ghosts they can appear and disappear they can move with lightning speed the bible talks about the fact that i saw satan fall as lightning from heaven there are times that angels are referred to as stars all right so they talked about a star that was falling in revelation a star that was falling so it's like a meteorite or something that is falling with 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 astronomical speed all right so they can move very fast and i mean because their spirits the things they are capable of we human beings are not able to do those things but they have the ability to take on human form in in spite of the fact that they are spirits they have the ability to take on human form so a lot of the angels that people encountered in the bible were actually in human form they saw the angel like a normal human being all right so they had hair they had eyes they had hands and stuff like that an example was lot when the angels were sent to you know the sodom and gomorrah thing when they 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 met lot they were human beings they were human but from every description they were giving you realize that these were divine beings they were um sorry they were angelic beings all right so they have the ability to take on the form of man lot encountered angels in this manner a lot of other people also did so being spirits doesn't limit them to being spirits they can actually take on human form and the bible actually says that beware of how you treat strangers because you may have entertained angels unawares that means there are people walking around you see them as human beings but they are actually angels hallelujah they are actually angels and this one is scripture you see somebody walking around you, you never know 
people have had encounters with people and on hindsight, they realize that, no, this person wasn't a human being I encountered. And they are amongst us. Look at the one seated next to you. Charlie, you be angel. <laughs> on our ways. That means we encounter angels all the time. A friend of mine, those days when we started house job, everybody was buying cars and stuff like that. He has EU citizenship, so he decided that he will import the car. He will just go to Germany and get a car for himself. And the city in Germany he went to, he didn't know anybody, I mean, that kind of thing. And so he slept in a hotel, got up one day, just went and stood by the roadside, hoping to just go somewhere and find some automobile company or something. The first person who came to stand by him was a white man. <clears throat> the guy asked him, oh, where are you from? He said, I'm from Africa. This is, he said, oh, okay. So, what have you come to do here? He said, oh, I'm coming to look for a car to buy. The guy was like, ah, I'm the best person you can get for this kind of thing. Because all the automobile dealers in this town, they are all my protégés. I train them. So the guy had some very nice car. I said, just hop in. Let's go. Took him from place to place. Looked at it. I mean, a white man to have time like that in a country like Germany. To have time like that for a black man. From morning to evening. They were looking at cars. They, 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 they ended up helping him to choose one. He said, oh, don't worry. You, the shipping and everything, leave it for me. I'll do the shipping for you. Even paid for the shipping and everything. Collected his contact. Up to today, he's not been able to contact the guy again. So you look back and you're like, no, this couldn't have been normal. Email address, nothing he sends, emails, calling, phone. I mean, it's like, uh, maybe he's a human being and he's dead. But <laughs> it, it sounds like something that could be angelic. And if we look out for these things, we actually realize that God has sent angels away at certain points in time because they have the ability to take on human forms. I pray that one day when you need the administration of an angel, the Lord will release one for you. Amen. All right. So the next attribute is that they are numerous. Angels are a lot. In fact, a lot of times in the Bible, when they talk about the group of angels, they find it difficult to put a number to them. So they describe them as a host or as a multitude or something. There are so many angels. So many angels. Let's read Daniel chapter 7 verse 10. I just want to give you an idea of the number of angels that they are. Daniel chapter 7 verse 10. It said, A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand thousands ministered unto him and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. We are talking about only those that are in the presence of God. Not even those that are running around and encamping around the saints and stuff. Just those that are in God's presence. Somebody should calculate 10,000 times 10,000. That's like 100 million. Standing in front of God alone. Just that. So if I'm saying one third rebelled and two thirds remained. And even the two thirds is at least two thirds. Because God has the ability to create more. Satan doesn't have the ability to create more. So for, for you know, right now, it's even 
eight tenths. <laughs> it's created more and more and more and more and more. All right, those that are standing in the presence of God alone, ten thousand times ten thousand, one hundred million angels. So as we are here, the angels here, I believe, are more than we the human beings. Amen. So the empty seats are not empty. <laughs> Hallelujah. And the Bible says the angels of the Lord encamp around them that love him. Those of you who love God, encamp. The fact that he's saying the angels, plural, and encamp. One angel can't encamp. When we are talking about encamping, it's plural. So at least two, three, four. Amen. So you can imagine the numbers we are dealing with. The billions of people in the world who love God. And each one has a company of angels encamped around him. That means angels are more than human beings here on earth. So they are numerous. Let's read Revelation chapter 5 verse 11. Revelation 5 11. There's a similar description there. Revelation 5 11. He said, And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels around about the throne and the beasts and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. It's as if it's Daniel talking. The one we read before, he also said thousands of thousands and then also said 10,000 times 10,000. So it's, it's accurate. When I tell you that the Bible is a flawless book, this is these are two different people having two different revelations this is revelation john and that one was daniel but when it comes to the description of what the angels that are around the throne of god are they give exact same words thousands and thousands and then ten thousand times ten thousand all right so read hebrews chapter 12 verse 22 Hebrews chapter 12 verse 22. But ye are come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. Innumerable. This one is the people of God gathering in God's presence. So when the people of God gather, there are innumerable angels. The company of angels. They are more than us. They are here. That's why I said sometimes, eh? When a word is coming from the pulpit and you are in the spirit and you decide to grab it, there are angels that are ready to ensure that that word comes to pass. But if you come to church and you are passive, you are just observing. Me too, I've come some. If they say clap, you clap. If they say pray, you pray. If they say praise, you are watching people. You have to be active. Hallelujah. Because there are angels here. God can send his angels and they'll just come like that and you come to church and you leave the same. Whenever the people of God gather, he sends his ministering angels. And they don't just come as observers. They come to come and minister to people. They come to bring people messages. They come to bring people gifts. They come to bring solutions to people's problems. Because when you pray, actually God sends angels to bring the solution down. That is why the Bible said Daniel fasted 21 days. And when he prayed, the moment he started praying, the moment he started fasting, the day 21, the answer was released, but it was released to an angel, and the angel was supposed to bring the answer to him. But the Bible says the prince of Persia, that is a fallen angel, withstood that angel on the way. And when we start talking about demons and things, that is why spiritual warfare is important. When you receive a prophetic word, it doesn't mean you should go and sleep. 
They say, you, you are an apostle to the nations. Then you go and sleep. Satan has heard it. And you expect that he will sit down and watch you be an apostle to the nations and go and liberate people and go and um, preach Christ to people. He will fight you. He will start bringing things that will ensure that you will lose your confidence and you can't stand in front of people to preach. He will start setting you up for scandals. He will start doing all kinds of things. That is why when you receive prophecy, it is time for warfare and it is time for intercession. So sometimes, you see, one of Satan's greatest aims is to always make God look like a liar. Right from Eden, he started it. Did God really say? Did God say? Did God say? And he was playing on Eve's mind because when you read that account in in Genesis, you realize that the command not to eat of that tree was not given to Eve. Eve hadn't come onto the scene when God gave that commandment. It was to Adam that he gave it. So Eve received reported speech. And we all know how reported speech can be funny. If I tell praying something right now, by the time it reaches the last person, it will be completely different from what I said. That's how reported speech is. So Eve received that commandment as a form of reported speech. And so Satan knew that and decided to put a doubt in her mind. Are you sure this was what really God really said? And Adam wasn't there at the time for verification. So he chose an opportune time. If he probably had come at the time Adam was there, he would have said, look, I heard it. And this exactly was what God said. Like he placed doubts in Eve's mind about what God said and everything. And so his, his aim has always been to make God look like a liar. And when a word goes forth about you, God is going to do this in your life. His aim is to make it look eventually like God lied when he said it. So he will fight that word. Elijah prophesied rain. He gave the prophecy. It's not like he went and stood there and somebody said, come. I can see a light upon your head. Come, 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 come. And he gave him the word. <laughs> he prophesied it. But when he finished prophesying, he didn't go to sleep. He went to the mountain. The Bible said he buried his head and started praying seven times until he saw a sign. When you receive a word from God, you pray until you see the sign of the thing coming. You don't go and sleep. You don't go to sleep. So angels are numerous. They are many. The next attribute of angels is that they are very powerful beings. Very extremely powerful beings. Very, very powerful. I mean, it's amazing the things angels can do. And for us, it is comforting that these very powerful beings are at our service. Sometimes in spiritual warfare, you have to deploy angels. You have to petition heaven for the release of angels. <clears throat> Let's read Psalm 103, verse 20. Psalm 103, verse 20. Psalm 103, verse 20. Bless the Lord, ye his angels that excel in strength. That means angels are very strong. The stone that was used to guard Jesus' tomb. That normal human being, one human being cannot roll. One angel just came in. I'm sure he just blew air through. And the stone just advised itself in one direction. They excel in strength. That do his commandments. Hearkening unto the voice of his word. So God gives them commandments. Go and do this. And with the strength, the supernatural strength that they have been given, they go and accomplish the things that are, that are said. Let's read 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. It said, Whereas angels which are greater in power 
and might bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord. They are greater in power and might. They are stronger than you and I combined. They are mightier than you and I combined. But the good thing is that they are there to serve us. Hallelujah. So angels are very, very, very powerful. Angels are very, very, very powerful. Now, Jesus made a certain statement. Pilate was trying to threaten him and he made a certain statement. Let's read Matthew chapter 26 verse 33. Matthew 26 33. He made a certain statement and I'll show you what that means. And what is available to us as children of God and as joint heirs with Christ. Matthew 26 33. He said, and he answered and said, that was Pilate. He was answering Pilate. He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish. Oh, no. It's not that too. I've missed the verse. But it was when Pilate was threatening him and he said, I can call on my father to bring 12 legions. How many of you remember that? 12 legions. He was talking about angels. 12 legions. Sometimes I wonder why he said 12. Maybe 12, one to protect him and then the other 11 for the 11 apostles that were left because one had betrayed him and <laughs> ran away. But what is a legion? What number is a legion? 6,000. Alright. So he said, I can petition my father to bring, maybe somebody should, should search it and, 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 and give us the 